Food Beast Ketchup listeners, welcome back to the best week ever, the best food podcast on Spotify and whatever they're calling the Apple <laughs> podcast app nowadays. Right now, we have a perfect 5.0 rating on the podcast store. So if you want to start some controversy, go give us a four star. Or just be honest with your review. That works too. <laughs> All right. So this week is a special episode. We got three major food stories we're going to be diving into. First, we got Panda Express. They're launching a spicy Szechuan chicken. And we're gonna try it live. I ordered it, we'll see what happens. Second story, there seems to be some global concern that we're all in danger of eating pre-licked ice cream and food at grocery stores. That's right, some people are doing some opposite of food be shit. They're licking ice cream pints, putting them back in the freezer. And on a more uplifting note, we'll be talking about the only two food festivals you need to know about this summer. I'm talking Wingfest and Nude Beach. Yeet, yeet. Let's roll that intro. Welcome to the catch-up. Introducing your hosts. Eli Aruth. Editor. And Jeffrey Kutnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously. Of the craziest, most bestest, news-breaking, food porn peddling, viral website on the dot-coms. It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy! There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. Alright, and welcome to the catch-up. Alright guys, uh, off jump, I just want to apologize if you hear any noise in the background. That is a party in our lobby. It's kind of like we have a live audience. It's the closest thing to a live audience that we've definitely ever had. Except no, none of them give a shit what we're doing in this, in this, <laughs> there, in our conference room. There's a few room. people kind of peering in like, what is that? But none of them actually care. I actually thought it was for me. <laughs> Let's just run I with it. They're actually all me. here. They're actually all here. That is the voice of our guest today. We have a true feed food beast. I'm already distracted. We have a true food beast in our midst. He's a restaurant investor. He's the CEO and co-founder of a sweet food app called Off The Menu. He's the man behind LA's first ever chicken wing festival. And of all his accolades, the coolest. He ate 365 burgers, one a day in 2018. And he actually lost 25 pounds in the process. Mr. Lawrence Longo, AKA at Big Shot on Instagram. Welcome to the catch up. Thanks for having me. What is it? Long time listen, listener, first time guest? Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, you haven't been on before. No. Perfect. Yeah. I forget. So I'm so excited to be on. I love you guys. I love what you do. I'm going to stop jerking you off now. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Let's get, let's get right to it. Because I was starting with the same, man. But so we're I, about to jerk you off so right Lawrence, now. Lawrence, I've probably had 35 different conversations at some point where like your name has come up. And so I'm really ecstatic to actually meet you in person, but I actually don't know your origin story as it relates to food. How did you get into the food realm like at all? Well, um, I was born in Toronto, Italian family, type of family that would basically, for breakfast, we'd talk about what was for lunch. For lunch, we'd talk about what was for dinner. For dinner, we would talk about what type of Chinese food we were going to order for late night. <laughs> and then we'd do that all over again. <laughs> so my, my entree into food was that I had never actually cooked since I moved to LA when I was 21 years old. I have not had not cooked a meal for myself. I ate out every single night. Wow. wow. And that was my entree into food. I was I was working as uh, a producer in Hollywood and I'd go out every night and I'd love to eat food. Show because off. Just loved. And then I created this app for fun called Off the Menu and it like it, and then the rest is history. <laughs> Wait, like why did you create the cuz you created the app called Off the Menu cuz you were were you were people asking you like where do I eat? Oh, no, so I was at uh, Spago with my boss mm-hmm. and he ordered the smoked salmon pizza and I was like how the hell do you know to order that? I know every pizza on this menu and that's not on there. He's like, "Well, I'm in the no kid and you're not." And I was like, oh, oh fuck, shit. I feel like a loser. <laughs> so I, I, I realized that uh, Wolfgang Puck had secret menu items and that this this famous smoked salmon pizza 
he gives to his celebrity friends and people in the know and people can order it and make them feel special. And then somebody took me to in and out and <laughs> I was like, holy shit, what the hell's animal style? And I found out that that also was a secret menu item. And I was like, wow, like everybody can know about secret items, menu items and still feel cool. Like yeah. every single time, even to this day, I go and order an animal style or I really order the flying Dutchman because, you know, I'm watching my weight. Yeah, that's uh, two pieces of meat with cheese in the middle, right? Uh, absolutely. That's it. It was originally made for dogs. <laughs> oh, actually, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but I still feel special. I feel part of that club. So on my travels, I had started taking lists of secret menu items, all from LA to New York, Toronto, anywhere I'd go, I would just like write down the secret menu items. I'd ask the rest, the waiter, hey, what's off the menu? Mm. Wink, wink, you know? And, and they would tell me their secret, their secret menu item. Or I'd say, what celebrity, what's the celebrity eating in here? Like, what are you serving Tom Cruise? Yeah. And I had this list, and uh, that list turned into selling it as a TV show. That TV show never got made, was stolen a hundred times, and then um, I created the app off the menu uh, for fun, and uh, it kind of took off. And it was a catalog of secret menu items all across the world with my bad pictures, yeah, my bad write-ups, and it started getting a lot of press. And I started, I raised a little bit of money blew through the money mm -hmm. absolutely just when you raise easy money it, it goes easy as one does yeah and Blow you know it. as the startup world they're, they're like just my investors keep raising more keep raising more I'm like no way no not doing that I'm gonna figure out a real business model mm -hmm. and today it's off the menus a club am I allowed to this yeah, is yeah go for it man. go for it a complete plug go for it off the menus the best food and discovery app for $20 a month in LA only yeah um, you pay $20 a month and you get one free secret menu item every single day at some of the coolest restaurants around LA. I've used it. It's dope. Off the menu. It's based, it's kind of, it's low key like a Netflix for food. You just kind of, you pay 20 bucks a month. Beginning of the week, you get uh, seven restaurants pop up. Like here's all the new off menu items. You go, you redeem. It's cool. Like if you're a foodie in LA, it's definitely worth a checkout. So, but why I think that's so important is you're talking about these different business models. And like off the menu as a club, how I got introduced to it a lot is you were throwing these like really dope parties. Yeah. Like centered around food. You always have all these celebrities. You just know everyone. Like I see parties, you see Logan Paul there. You see all these heads, Shay Mitchell. And then I feel like that's what's culminated now into also Wing Fest. A absolutely. I mean, the whole idea for doing events was actually to just drive traffic to my app. Mm. It was to create that experience so they would be like, oh, cool, what is off the menu? Like, what's that question? What's off the menu? Yeah. And, you know, it's that was the reason why I started doing these events. I started doing these backyard barbecues where I'd have burgers never say die Ooh. come the first time they had ever done an event. And, um, and I teamed that up with, like, Wild Fox. And I was kind of just doing these, like... I didn't think I was doing food events. I just thought I was doing cool parties with awesome food experiences. Right. And then LA Times came to me and said, hey, we want you to do a burger event for Food Bowl. That was in 2018, and which that was you guys start. helped out with. Yeah, yeah. we were part of. Yeah. And uh, that was a smash hit. Hell yeah. Yeah. So the burger showdown, we teamed up a, a influencer or a celebrity with a different burger joint and created um, an off-the-menu burger which people could go and try at the festival. Guys, I gotta talk to you about the gravity of some of these events, because this burger festival that we're like casually talking about, Lawrence paired up people like the DJ Marshmallow with a, was that, who were they with? What Plan burgers? Check. With Plan Check Burgers in LA, uh, restaurant concept out here. I, highly iconic. Iconic. restaurant, yeah. Yeah, and well you guys are really like part of the reason why that restaurant blew up. Plan like check? Back in the day, yeah, you guys were there. Damn. I feel like. Shout out to us. Or they, they, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's yeah. cool. So so I posted a little bit about Wingfest on my Instagram and immediately got a bunch of DMs that people were like, what the fuck? An entire festival around wings? And it got me talking with Jeff. I'm like, dude, there's only two festivals, one that you should go to this summer. Wingfest and Nude Beach. We'll talk about Nude Beach later. But Wingfest, it's really important to figure out to throw a good food festival, you can only throw it around certain 
items. And wings kind of fits that mold, right? Yeah, I think we've we're going away from the the food festival that tries to do everything, yeah. right? That like it's no longer necessarily at least for the people at this table where you're curating like 25 chefs from whoever and you're kind of doing everything That's like a snooze, dog. in the in the media, I feel like you really have to be poignant so you're differentiating. And again, when I read Reach's article, our managing editor who jumps on this podcast all the time, when I read his article about Wingfest, I'm like, fuck, man, <laughs> what a great festival. Like, that's just like immediately, okay, I understand it. Like, the, the photo was a bucket showcasing wings from like a seemingly a dozen different places. And I was just like, fuck, I understand that immediately. And there's a lot of food festivals that there's really complex layers like there's six levels of tiering and you don't know exactly what you're getting into and the premise of this is just like oh great there's wings from 12 places i get to eat them that's in one place that's pretty amazing give this give the give the elevator pitch of wings like it's like so i always want to have that anchor main headlining uh, band, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Anchor Bar just happens to be the guys who created the chicken wing. And I oh, have... Shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. you didn't know this? I did not know that. And they're coming to Wingfest. And they created the chicken wing in 1964, uh, a woman named Teresa Bellissimo. And it was... Um, can you believe that it's only that? It's like not even that old? Yeah. Pretty <laughs> recent invention, <laughs> the chicken wing. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Um, and the thing about the chicken wing, much like many other foods, is that the, anyone can make a chicken wing, but every cu- cuisine can make a different chicken wing. Word. And you have a Korean chicken wing. You've got an Italian mm-hmm. chicken wing. You've you've got. I see a, a Vietnamese one. You got a Vietnamese French chicken wing. Oh my god. You've got a vegan mushroom, all vegan mushroom chicken wing too. Like it's really spanning the spectrum. Absolutely, and I have a Mr. Chow doing chicken wings, and it's it's like, so there's that's the chicken wing, and there's so many different ways to do a chicken wing. Yeah. And like you had said about the fest food festivals, and I'm not shitting on any food festival, but just to go to one place where there's like tons of different restaurants there serving food that they already have that's on their menu oh, at a restaurant, it's like, why don't I just go to a fucking food court? Am I allowed to swear on this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, you just ahead. did. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We cuss all the time. We're so cool here. Um, no, I just had to say that to be played. I know no. you guys swear. <laughs> I listen. I listen. <laughs> As the Canadian, you're pouring out. So walk me through how this festival works. You, you get a bucket when you enter. It's like an empty bucket. So there's three levels of tickets. You okay. got your mild ticket. It's $45. It's all you can eat chicken wings. You got your medium ticket. It's all you can eat chicken wings and beer. We have beer pairings with mm. our sponsor Coors Light. Okay. Very nice guy, girls and guys there that really when they heard about Wing Fest, they're like, yeah, where do we sign up? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you about getting sponsors. As you guys know, it's not the easiest thing. No, it's not. And I'd been trying writing emails and stuff like this to people. You know how I got sponsors? I got on my DM and started DMing people. Seriously, yeah. that's how you got a sponsor for, for Wingfest. Yeah, Hidden Valley. I, I Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> what a perfect sponsor I, for a Wingfest. I DM them and I was like, why are you guys not involved doing my dip station at Wingfest? And they said, then they responded, why are we not either? And I was Bro, like, all right, let's have a call. Respect. See, guys, that, this is how you throw a festival. Yeah. Guys. You just hop on Instagram and start DMing who you want to show up. I mean, it's, what's funny is I know you're saying that somewhat ironically, but it's actually true. Like on the it food, works. B, on the food B side as well. I mean, Eli, you got you just you just had a call. <laughs> Today, because of a DM talking about our food festival, so yeah. like we, like this is how I mean. Look, brand managers, social media managers, they're on these Instagrams for the brand, and sometimes you know what? It, it's a lot easier to approach somebody that way than it is to figure out a database, find someone's email, cold email, cold call. Like a DM is a little bit more approachable and you don't have to send, I don't know, 500 words to pitch your fest. You're just like, hey, exactly what you said, Lawrence. Hey, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing the dip at my (laughs) week festival? Like that's such a great opener. And it comes from Lawrence. He has the blue check mark. So it's not like coming out of left field. 
but it's pretty baller because you can you can come across with a big idea in one sentence or two sentences of a DM. Absolutely. And I was like, great that the right person reading that account got it and understood and, you know, and, um, you know, when I, you're doing a, an event, a food event, you want to like, it's always like, you want to have the perfect sponsors that make sense for your event so you don't have a sponsor that sticks out like a sore thumb and everybody's right. like, oh, that's a sponsor. And to, on, to, I swear to God, the top of my list were Coors Light, Hidden Valley, and Jim Bean, who's my sponsor in the liquor in the VIP section. And I was like, three weeks ago, I was like, this is going to cost me $30,000 like to have this event. Cause just I didn't, operational I didn't have, cost, Just right? operational cost. I didn't have one sponsor. I said, if I sell out tick all my tickets, this is going to cost me $30,000. That's crazy. Guys, that's, these so, are the real mechanics and financials of events. Like we, We'll go a little bit into it, but it doesn't have to be super deep because it's fucking crazy. Okay, and oh, yeah. I'm curious about how you are, what you're feeling when you're – how long did you say? Like four weeks out or eight weeks out before you landed a sponsor? Yes. No, yeah, three and a half weeks out. So like four weeks out because <laughs> – what I work so Eli and I work very closely on our events and I'm I'm typically someone like once we decide we're going to see it through no matter what we're going to do it the best we can no matter what no matter what we're kind of staring at in in the face from, you announce the festival date and then you work and backwards you, and you just go and you just go yeah. right and there's a never ending list of to-dos because the event can always be better like no matter no matter the event you throw it can always be better with more time with more resources with more people eli knows that and he starts freaking out oh like we me and jeff have pro when we first wanted to do events jeff wanted to do events i did not want to do that i was like i know content and that's it bro i'm a very simple very like that's all i know and jeff and our other one of our other partners, Rudy, they used to throw raves in like high school and then into college. And I would freak out for them. Like these are like unmarked raves with thousands of people. Uh, like I don't want to say underage drinking that was not allowed. They were checking IDs at the door, <laughs> but your security was kind of flimsy. Let's be real. You were doing the security. I know. I, I, I could barely secure a lunch, let alone a fucking event. But like Jeff's parents were doing like cash drops, like because it was cash. It was like a cash only event. Square didn't exist. Yeah. And like thousands of kids at the last. This is my memory of the last rave that Jeff and Rudy threw. Thousands of people. They, they they got sophisticated with it. There were drop points for shuttles. There was unlimited. It was bottomless beer. Was the name of the event. <laughs> Yeah, man. Great. Bringing it back. Who brought the who? Who's These the guys, on that? Jeff and Rudy. I don't nice. know where they came from. It's crazy. And then <laughs> bottomless beer. Yeah. Bottomless beer. Great alliteration, I, right? Can, can I go? <laughs> it's, a, it's a rave. Hey, maybe we work on that together. <laughs> let's, bring, let's workshop. Let's bring it back, dude. So the last one they did was this massive warehouse. I don't know how they got access to it in downtown LA. They had shuttle drops. Maybe I don't know. What do you say? Two hours into the event, all of a sudden. A fucking helicopter goes over with the fucking spotlight, breaking this shit up. And like things go berserk. SWAT comes and breaks this thing up. It was insane. And I'm like, what an experience. I was like, I'm never going to event again. And it was this it was this weird feeling where I wasn't necessarily proud that like we were having an event shut down because that wasn't good really for anybody. But there was this when there's this chaos happening with thousands of people listening to music that you either produced or brought in mm -hmm. and were just having a crazy time that like I was definitely sitting at the door kind of like, you know, with my, you know, feeling some type of like a scientist that put this together and just the right combination of like music and beer and venue and transportation logistics made this crazy thing happen. And it was also stupid because of the amount of liability and a riot broke out and people with gangs fought each other. And like, that's why a helicopter. And you had no permits. And we, of course, at that point, <laughs> we, this, was an un, this was an unmarked warehouse. We paid some junkie with cash. Like, I mean, but the, it was like a magical thing. Yeah. Right. And, and so it was like, yeah, we should never do that. I literally, my uncle, who's like the patriarch of my family, like sat me down and said, do you, people are going to come after your parents when someone dies in your warehouse. And he was right. 
I mean, and it was about that same time where I don't know if you guys remember, but like there was a big warehouse party fire in Oakland where oh, dozens shit. of people oh, I do died because there was just tons of scrap wood and there was no exits and all sorts of stuff. So it was it was a stupid thing to do, but being young, it was also that catalyst of like, okay, when we're at Food Beast, I was kind of always itching to do something mm-hmm. event wise. And we had done some art gallery stuff. Yeah, we did We'd done some like food truck stuff, but doing a food festival is definitely like on this other level. Especially as you know, because when you have twelve vendors in a parking lot that need electricity and permitting and health and water and their own staffing and their own equipment, like that's a lot of logistics to manage for what the five hour period that you have this coming Monday for Wing Fest. Like it's a yeah, you need. And every one of those vendors is the, your most important person. Yeah. Right. You know, because like, if you don't treat them like that, like they don't. I mean, we've had it day of the festival. We have signed paperwork with vendors. We've been telling them about health standards for the last three weeks that don't have the right stuff, don't get approved for health. We have to delay the front doors because one vendor of our 14, 15 vendor set didn't bring the right equipment right and we're trying to see if we could squeeze them in through health and then i mean it was crazy that nudes the first nudes we had to send a vendor home and that means they had to like they already brought all their stuff they brought all their equipment and then as people were still coming in because we were allowed to open is like they had to like take their stuff go through a crowd and leave because they didn't read the vendor packet we sent them. And so, yeah, man, we know it's crazy. I'm curious about how you're feeling kind because you're what? Four or five days out from the event itself. Yeah. And it's just it's been absolutely crazy because, you know, I'm delivering media as well to uh, to our some of our partners. And I don't know if you guys saw that, like the spoof we did on 60, 60 Minutes. No, we did a a spoof called 60 seconds and uh, I'm the host and I interview all the restaurant tours (laughs) like in a very serious way about how to eat their chicken wings. And I'm I'm just grilling them like about something that's so lighthearted, but I'm taking it in a really, really serious way. Like I'm like like, blue cheese or, or blue cheese or ranch. And (laughs) (laughs) your wings are so fun. Like. That's cr- that shit only works with wings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But by the way, and people are like, what do you mean? Why are you going to ask people how do they eat their chicken wing? And I was like, no, because there are literally a hundred ways, right. different ways to eat your chicken wing. How do you eat your chicken wing? So I do it. So cheat code here is that I actually read how's the proper way to do it. And there's a proper way to do it depending on if you're eating a flat or right. a drumstick or a tip. Yeah. A tip, you could actually eat the whole thing. If you cook it nice, nice enough, you know in Turkey when they cook that tip nice enough and it kind of crumbles. You, you you take a bite of it and it, it crumbles. Bro, I don't think I've ever had a tip. Okay, I know the two, the flat and then the, the flat the drumstick. The drumstick. So the 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 flat, uh, which is also known as the wing, and we can talk about um, why uh, the Korean culture didn't let like 500 years ago didn't let their uh, their husbands eat the chicken wing. Let's find out, because Korean Korean chicken wings are some of the best, in my opinion. I, that's, those are some of my so favorite, but meat, why? The meat in that part of the chicken has the highest uh, um, protein content okay. per, per, per pound. Okay. And it made them very viral. It made them want to fuck. <laughs> oh, and hello. They would they were not faithful to their families and to their wives because <laughs> they'd be fucking everything in sight. So that's Chef Kang's food rehab told me that story. I obviously didn't know that, but I take his word seriously. He's a, he's an awesome person. Yo, did we too. just explain why wigs are so popular? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone in this room loves wings. Everyone in this room, and it's not, a, and that's not a random thing you hear about. Like, yeah. I have tons of people who, no matter where we are, like if there are wings available, we're ordering them. Yeah, wings are like the blue chew Viagra <laughs> of the food game. Like, so, well, can I ask you guys, blue cheese or ranch? Oh, I like them both, dude. I don't like. I'm not. I'm not polarized by blue cheese or ranch. I actually enjoy both. I know people are like crazy offended when you say ranch, and then it's like blue cheese is the only way to have wings. I don't know, man. Both sauces are fire. 
And it also depends on the wing, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's the style of wing I'm about to eat. So California culture swears by ranch. The chicken wing was invented to go with blue cheese. Mm. I don't even know if ranch existed back then. We should find out if ranch even existed back then. Ranch but wasn't existed from, since the beginning of time? <laughs> like, I can't remember a time when ranch didn't exist. <laughs> well, we know it's existed for our lifetime, so that it's at least from the for 80s. Sure. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, but back to your question... I'm absolutely batshit crazy right now <laughs> from like these events. I think that it's going to be a disaster three and a half weeks ago. I was honestly thinking, am I doing this event? Should I do this event? Should I cancel this event and like, you know, I mean, pull the shoot and that's the, but that's the crazy thing about events. I feel like if you don't have a moment that you feel like you should pull the shoot, you're not doing the event properly. Yeah. Because if you're not trying, if you're just trying to throw like a, a safe, everyday event that's been done before that people truly understand right then well why would people go to that event mm -hmm. but if you're trying to innovate right like with what you did with the burger concept in the la food bowl right like you're talking about a food festival i had never seen pair restaurants and celebrities like that in a way that actually made sense i mean these celebrities were invested in their burgers. Oh my god, Tommy Lee yeah. wanted to do a, a burger that looked like his dick. <laughs> but like, see, this is why this is why festivals like yours, festival like ours, drive us up a wall. Because it's not just like, yo, ten restaurants show up, three music acts show up, and people just show up and like serve whatever the fuck you want. Like, you're talking with twelve different vendors, 12 different restaurants with their own personalities, their own egos about like what things should be. And you're just, wor you're also worried about your customer, the people that are going to come, people listening right now that are like, they don't see any of this back of house stuff, but like, it's really valuable. And it is stressful putting all that stuff together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's really for them. It's for the, their experience. It's also for the restaurants and like marketing, but at the end of the day, they, they I think the restaurants really just want to have fun and like, yeah. it, and that's important to them. And that's why you got to treat them really, really well. And it's no bullshit when we talk about like a customer or someone coming to the festival. Like we're genuinely thinking about us if we had gone to our own festival. Like would we enjoy that? There's a reason like I don't go to food and wine stuff. One, I can't afford it. Two, it's just like it's boring. Like the fact that like you throw events that you can promote beforehand, like you can actually show off the burgers that are going to be there, show off the wings. You can Absolutely. show there's moments you could promote. I dig that kind of stuff. Complex Con does a great job of it too. Like those are the, that might be the only other festival we would ever talk about. <laughs> so, uh, well, and that, and that's cause I, and one of the things that made it so visceral for me of why I want to make events happen at food beast was because I was sitting at a food and wine food festival in a beautiful Las Vegas restaurant where I was, I had asked the PR team ahead of time, like, Hey, what's, what's being served? Like, yes, I know Michael, like I know we're at Michael Mina's establishment and I know Michael Mina is being used to, you know, frame this food festival, but like all due respect, like I don't know Michael Mina, like seems cool, would be happy to meet him, but I'm not, I'm not, uh, the consumer that's spending $400 on a ticket blind. Right. Like, I want to know what I'm paying for. And even if it comes with the reputation, like, I don't really give a fuck about the reputation. What are you doing on a food level that's exciting? And that's why, like, Lawrence, I vibe with your festival because I'm reading about sticky fish sauce caramel wings from Bonhui. Right? I'm, leaking, I'm, I'm learning about the vegan maitake mushrooms with the butterfree buffalo sauce, tempura-style batter, vegan blue cheese and vegan ranch right like that, that's i know what i'm getting into like i'll pay 45 bucks for all you can eat wings from 12 different concepts like now you've sold me because i'm not in this nebulous like what am i buying oh i'm getting access to 12 different wings and now the question is you know how many people are coming so it makes sure that people can get wings but i think other than that it's like yeah man you 
we know what we're getting and that price point makes sense. Bro, my receipt at Buffalo Wild Wings is never <laughs> under 45 bucks, my share. So like to go for five hours, all I can pummel wings but, so and like be outside. It's beautiful in California right now. Like, But you know the things that are going through my head is okay, okay, so I can technically only fit 500 people into this space. Mm-hmm. So how many wings exactly do I need to have at this festival? And how do I make oh, yeah. it so this festival doesn't have a place where everyone's just lined up at Anchor Bar because sure. they've never had that wing, mm-hmm. so they'd be lined up there. So I have to solve these food problems. Yeah, food like, logistics So problem. the way I solved it was you can only get two wings at each station. It forces you not to just keep going to the same place, mm. and if you do, you have to go get back in line and go and wait, right? Because you want all the vendors to feel love. Right. It's like the it's problem good. when you bring Hal and Ray's to a food event. Mm. Everybody lines up there, <laughs> yeah. and nobody, and all the other vendors feel like a piece of shit. Yeah, that's so, a good point. That's you know, really so those are things that like every day are going through my head. Like, how do I make this the ultimate experience for both the vendors and the customers? And I think about that every day with my app, with Off the Menu, because at the end of the day, with Off the Menu, not to jump back into my app, but it drives foot traffic into the re- to the restaurants. I need to. F- what's the experience from the user's point of view? And from the business's point of view, you know, for the businesses, we drive a minimum of 100,000 impressions in seven days to those restaurants. Wow. You know what I mean? Just from our users taking pictures of their food. But yeah, like putting on a festival, as you guys know, is like the things that you need to think about. How many bathrooms? How many people? Yeah. How many people? I'm I'm serving beer. I'm serving unlimited beer. People got to (laughs) piss. Where are they peeing? You know what I mean? Dessert. Oh, shit. How are, what kind of, what do you... Pair with chicken wings. What kind of dessert? Well, it's, it's clearly American. Like this, uh, this, I should have called this festival Chicken America Wing or nah. something. No, <laughs> like, no, no, I'm so glad you did not do that. <laughs> wing Fest is perfect. But, but I, I like desserts. McConnell's is doing ice cream sandwiches in the VIP. I got uh, a, a bunch of apple pies coming. I got donuts. I got milkshakes from Mel's, you know, I'm passing out French fries because French fries and wings and then the Hidden Valley crudite station. So it should be like your wing experience on steroids. I don't know what's more exhausting because I'm laughing as you describe the event logistics because it's literally like the same process that like we go through <laughs> yeah. where I'm just like kind of cackling to myself about all the things that I have to figure out and there's they're non-traditional problems like when I'm t- when we're figuring out like we have this bar called like Bar Force One that's like I don't know a thousand square feet of bar yeah <laughs> and we're trying to figure out where we put it and how we like they're not the same problems you can't it's not just like it's square peg round hole a lot of the time like whatever you're dealing with your event is going to be tons different than any other event because the venue's different because the vendor's different because your customer is different the neighborhood's different you're and in it, west hollywood and it goes well it goes back to doing like cool new events like we're not you could have just picked a banquet hall you could have just picked the convention center which is like simple they're built out for event logistics you don't have to worry about bathrooms and how many guests am i gonna have whatever food is like from there like the fact that you're throwing it in mel's drive-ins parking lot is incredible because no one's probably partied in that parking lot like that we're throwing it at the beach like what the fuck does that mean how do people get dropped off can you put you had a VIP bathrooms. You got to have these bathrooms. How do people get food on the sand? All this shit. Like, it's fun because it's like you're at, you're enjoying an event experience somewhere where you never expected. And that's what makes like Coachella so iconic year over year is like it is an event where an event shouldn't have been. Where like a convention center has like this inherent, like, I'm in a convention center. Oh, so boring. Like, oh, great. I'm going to go see this booth and grab a hot dog. Sounds like a great food experience. And what's crazy, too, is even if you did inquire at the convention center or an event venue that actually made sense, is like a lot of times they're making you buy out their food. So like we have a caterer on premise. Oh, you're trying to do food. It's going to be $45 a head that you have to buy out before you have your own food costs like again the vent logistics like i'm with you man i'm sending you good vibes i know we're like five days away and because i know it's crazy but the premise is so good man i'm i'm really excited to and see ticket this sales, thing sell out ticket Thank sales you. come in the last couple days 
Oh, I know. I, I so this. We've the, talked about this before, have, and the, you've had your Burger Fest similar idea, right? Yeah, similar. The burger thing was like a nightmare until the day of, and then all of a sudden, all these sales Magical. came out. But Wing Fest, actually, if you guys really want to go, I don't know when this comes out, but if you really want to go, get your tickets now because we're like couple days from sellout this like, episode comes out tomorrow so guys if you're yeah. listening please go right away get those it's wing i'm going are you uh, i know like some food beast heads are going so we're if you see us come hang out that'll be fucking awesome uh i'm excited well, I really bro. i really wanted to do that the see can i can talk about this i wanted to do a uh a food eating contest but the log- i didn't have the sponsorship and the logistics of doing it in the parking lot with at with West Hollywood and health department were it's just tough. like good luck, man. Insane. I was like, let's just keep it simple. It's five hundred people, you know. Just make the you know. But next one, Food Beast is at the next Wing Fest. I would love to. Food Beast is doing a chicken wing eating contest for sure. Or, the- or we're gonna win the we're gonna win um, a Guinness Book of World Records. And do what? The biggest chicken wing? The most chicken wings eaten in an hour? Oh, no problem, bro. Right? No problem. We were, we were discussing this yeah. a little bit. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, I feel like Lawrence is the right guy to ask about another fried chicken story that hit foodbeast.com this week. I like it. Right? Because, I, like I mean, I feel like you've been... I'm assuming you've had all the wings for Wing Fest and you've kind of been in chicken mode. So, I was actually really surprised when we... When, when FamBot, Pete Fam, ran an article on our site that Panda Express actually <laughs> has Szechuan fried chicken. Szechuan peppercorn, baby. I love it. That's Yo, crazy. That's, that's why I think what's the most wild to me is like, I just, ne- I don't know if, I didn't know that they were equipped to even do that. Because if you look at, if you look at the picture on, on foodbeast.com and Lawrence, if you haven't seen it, they're actually chicken tenders. Or they're like chicken. They're chicken tender, like in in length and size, yeah. right? And so when I saw the photo, I was like, "All right, most of the food that I'm used to seeing at Panda Express is uh, like wok fried." Mm-hmm. So I was looking at it like, "Oh, I don't even I don't even know like how they execute this." But I was I was talking to Pete, who who said that they've always had deep fryers. They're typically like positioned in a place that aren't as visible as the wok frying, probably because wok frying is sexier for the brand. Word. But he said they they deep fry these tenders, um, and we have we actually have them here. So, so we, we're just pulling them out right now. Why I want to I want to be clear what we're looking at because uh, Lawrence, I know you're sensitive with spice a little bit. Oh yeah, you knew that, huh? I know everything well, about do, you, my do friend. Do we have a, a bucket and a couple towels? No, no. So, so <laughs> what I found out today, as we put in this Postmates order to get it delivered, is there's two levels of spicy apparently to this. There's the regular Szechuan, uh, and then there's an extra spicy oh, Szechuan wow. tender. Okay. So I believe this. They marked this. This is the only one that looks different, and I ordered one of the regular spicy, and oh, then we're gonna do the hot hot. Oh, okay. thank you. Yeah. So, um, we're, we're looking at it right now. We. Smell test first. Smells smells like I'm. A, I don't. Okay, Szechuan peppercorn. What's your experience with the Jeff? Like I love Szechuan style Chinese. Like it's, what's what's the restaurant in SF that we experienced together that we had the numbing wings? Oh. Do you? Um, I'm blank. I'm fucking. Anyways, blanking. there's so there's great Szechuan. But like the it was you know three or four years ago was the first time that I actually ate something with enough Szechuan peppercorns that my fucking mouth went numb and I didn't know what was happening. Oh, wow. And so I, and I didn't know that it was a normal thing. Like that's what you're like supposed to experience. Yeah. And I'm sitting, I had it, I had it once with you and I had it once with my brother in the Bay area. And I, I was just like kind of flabbergasted because you, if again, if you haven't had your mouth go numb from something, you're like, what's wrong? Yeah, you're having <laughs> like, a stroke. Like, what's, what's happening? So I, I, I don't imagine anything from Panda is going to be on that level but ever since I've had that, like, I, I actually love, I got over that numbing kind of sensation and I crave that flavor because of how powerful and how intense that flavor is. The heat is, the heat is incredible. I don't know what's in it because I'm not in a, I'm not a scientist, but in our video that we're launching probably the same day as this uh, podcast goes live, we talk about everything that goes into this strip. My, my concern is that it's not spicy enough. Cause I know, like with fast food, when you have thousands of locations, like you can't go too spicy. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and go for it. Yeah, cause I think I mm. echo your well. One, 
it sounds like both Lawrence and I are kind of in a similar camp because I don't go out of my way uh, to get spicy food. Side note, heard you had a really crazy spicy wing at Wingfest. Oh, my God. Guatemalan insanity and reach. (laughs) Managing editor reach. We went on a wing crawl on last Saturday, and he the first wing, three wings come out, and the chef comes out and says, well, these ones, this is a Guatemala insanity, and you got to wear gloves for this one. Oh, shit. Reach goes and grabs for the gloves. <laughs> <laughs> first and one. First ones, and I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, no, this is, this is dangerous. <laughs> like, if Reach dies on my watch, fuck, Foobies, we'll but, talk about this. <laughs> well, no, I just figured, you know, you, you have a little bit of Filipino in you, right? Okay, well, full, oh, 100%. 100% full Filipino. <laughs> like, you know, good eye. Oh, yeah. So, my uh, Jay Mitchell, who everyone knows is, a, a, is a, a friend of Off the Menu and a partner in my business, she is uh, went there and she ate the Guatemala Insanity. And no offense, Reach, she like one bite, ate it, no problem. Actually, had to put her own chili peppers on it. <laughs> I swear to God. Yo, Reach got carted out, bro. <laughs> yeah, so, no, but I can't. I, I Look, I'm about to sweat right now. I got mild right now from Panda Express. And so I, I definitely sit in a similar camp where I love spice. I love flavor. But I can't go that crazy. Mm-hmm. But there's also never been anything from a fast food establishment that's kind of like put me on my ass. If it did, it was because the quality of the food, not, right. not because of how spicy it was. Right. Because even things that have been marked ghost pepper, habanero, like it gets so filtered down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious. How, how do you think the spice level is on on these? Because we have the we have the extra spicy. Yeah, the right? extra spicy, dude. Okay. I, here's the thing, the flavor, I really really enjoy. I think this is actually. And again, guys, they did not send us this. We ordered this on Postmates. It showed up. So, it's do we nice. have? A, is there any ranch? Because I'm I'm eating the mild one, and I, it's pretty hot to me. <laughs> Are we critiquing the spice levels or the actual tender? Go ahead and critique it all. Well, you know, I didn't really think there was a, much of a crunch on it. You sure. know, which is nice to have the layers. In, mm-hmm. in a, and I'm and I am not a chicken tender expert by any means, but. I didn't expect much much from Panda Express, although some of their dishes really surprise you. Oh, I mean, dude, orange like, chicken. Boop, the boop. orange chicken is amazing. Yeah, chow mein. Um, spice level is good. It's it's actually got a pretty good flavor to it. I don't mind the flavor. The chicken obviously isn't really chicken, is it? No, it's chicken. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's not beyond chicken. It's chicken. It's chicken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I kind of look. I'm. I actually kind of dig the chicken right now. Mine has a little bit of crunch. Maybe the fry on mine was a little bit different. I get a little bit of the crunch on the outside. I also think for anyone ordering Postmates when you order fried food, mm-hmm. like I typically never do it because I'm. I always want it kind of fresh out the fryer, experiencing while it's like hot. So you know, I kind of I bring that into kind of this a bit of like review critique. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think the flavor's exciting. Like I, I yeah. like it um, to the point where I think I, I would stop into a Panda Express at, if I'm next to one. If there's a right time, like that's a that's a craveable flavor. You and never have that. You're never gonna taste something like this at a fast food restaurant. Like, I, I, I think I genuinely believe that because in Szechuan food gets this rap that it's spicy forward right like it's this idea that it's so spicy and it's like and that's kind of how like us americans i guess can talk about something that's kind of how we led with this but szechuan is just it's more the the peppercorns the flavor is so complex and dope yeah if you eat it right your lips are gonna be numb a little bit but this is palatable to me like this is on the spice level it's real palatable it's probably one of the spicier things you'll ever get from a fast food joint right now yeah, it's definitely it's definitely spicy, and I know I was again I was talking to Pete who wrote the article, and I was really surprised that, you know, they've they've had deep fryers and they're willing to put an item that's, you know, because everything you see from Panda Express seems to be coming out of that wok, so I didn't know if this would be a scenario where okay this is like one of the first items of this kind coming from a fast food Chinese fast food giant. Yeah. Is it going to be any good? I'm, I'm actually like pretty surprised. And then when I saw reach take that bite of, so if Panda express also has these 
T-bars. Yeah. Right? Where I remember initially we, we covered um, a burrito with, I think it was like a bing on the outside, or yeah. it was the... It's it like was a, a very thin scallion pancake that the they used as a tortilla. The scallion pancake that they used as a tortilla, and that shit went crazy, and yeah. I still don't know why there aren't more T-bars in the U.S. But then on top of that, you could put this hot chicken hot chicken into a burrito mm-hmm. at the T-bars. Like, that's... That's pretty life changing. I'm definitely gonna now go out thinking. of my way. Gonna That's go out of my way to get that for sure. This is the best addition to Panda Express's menu since orange chicken. I know. Oh wow, than, that's a better, big state. That's a big statement. Better than the walnut shrimp. I hope they. I hope people embrace the Szechuan flavors and they spread it to other menu items. Because if I can get this Szechuan flavor on like their grilled chicken or any other meat, some maybe a beef, like some. One of my favorite dishes at restaurants is the toothpick lamb at like Szechuan Impression, totally. which is just like it's lamb in small chunks. It's been sitting it's like and marinating. Tons of cumin. Yeah. Oh, dude, and it's so spicy and rough, and I love every moment of it. And we don't get that kind of punch from fast food. And yeah. Pan Express, you have a you have a chance right now to 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 lead that way. I, I think that has to be the best fried chicken fast food tender. Okay. That I might have had in at a fast food re- restaurant. Because like, I'm thinking now back, and I'm thinking spicy nuggets at Wendy's. Sure. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Those are, those those are, are good. good. Mm-hmm. This was way better. My lips are numb a little bit, guys. I'm feeling it. I, I feel a little like bit it. of it, too. Yeah. Like, And I'm actually pretty stoked because I was wondering, like, oh, are they just going to say it's kind of Szechuan peppercorn? But yeah. then, but you can even like see at the bottom of the box, like, there's... At least in in mine, there's like a few peppercorns in it. Yeah. So, yeah, the I mean, the first good sign is when Izzy and Reach started opening up the packages, and I could smell it. I was like, well, at least this is pungent, like any other like peppercorn thing that I've had, because I could immediately smell it. Yeah. Combine that with, I mean, hot chicken in general is just something that I crave on such a regular basis now. One, because of its availability, but two, because, man, there's just so many spices involved in hot chicken, that combination. And I'm, again, I don't have the best palate and why I could never be a reviewer is because I don't have a great palate. And so I'm always looking for intense flavor. And this this fits that mold for me. It's like something that I would look for. And it doesn't scorch the earth, right? Like it doesn't fuck up your tongue to the point where you can't enjoy anything else. And I think that's one of the earmarks, at least in the Szechuan food that I've eaten, is that it doesn't ruin your night. It doesn't ruin the rest of your meal. And you can have it in whatever order you want. It's just good, spicy food. It's fucking good. All right. Pan Express, kudos. Yep. Kudos. All right. What else we got on that? This, I'm almost like don't want to talk about this one. It's pissing me off, this story. <laughs> Do you know anything about this shit? Okay, I mean, I Tell know Lawrence. I know a little bit. Obviously, I didn't write a piece and I didn't I didn't not the origin of the story, but I do know that there was like a video of a young woman going into grocery stores, taking the lids off of ice cream and licking them and potentially I believe she was actually doing this with, in with social media and posting them. Is um, this multiple or one? I I'm so, Here's 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 the problem, is to my knowledge, it's one girl who did this. She was filmed. She put it on Twitter. It went viral. That video is like 14 million views, something like that. She basically licks the ice cream. She's giggling. She puts it back in the fridge. And essentially, you get the idea that she ran off and someone else had to try this. They didn't know it was but, coming. Uh, when you open an ice cream... There's a li- there's that plastic. So on this particular ice cream, uh, the name is escaping me. Must be Talente. They it, might have, <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. I would have known the jar. <laughs> Yo, but seriously, like it could be though. <laughs> Talente, you could be next. Yeah. Yo, Jeff sweat. No dog. <laughs> I am sweating. <laughs> so I, am sweating. I mean, I'm sweating a little bit too. But uh, but anyway, she puts it back. This video goes viral. Here's what I have a few things I want to say about this. Immediately, there's like a news story on like some cable network, and they're just like, "What horror!" There's someone putting ice cream back in, and now it's a trend online. So, to answer your question, Lawrence, I saw one girl put it on Twitter. I don't even know if it was real or if she was trolling people. And then the clips that they used in the montage were people that were laughing as they were doing it and licking it, but I didn't see any of them put it back in. And so, my idea there, I'm just like, 
Is this shit even a trend or are like news networks looking for shit to talk about? Like outrage? And my other side is Food Beast did not write about this story and I'm proud that we did it because three or so years ago, a few years back, there was a tip that got sent into our tip line at Food Beast about people putting needles in strawberries and putting it back on the shelf. Yeah. Like they are injecting the strawberries with something. They're, no, no, they're sliding a like, like a, a just a, a needle. straight up needle. Oh, like a, sorry, like it. a sewing needle. Oh, so yeah. you swallow the yeah. needle? Yeah, but you can't see it. Imagine biting into a strawberry, oh right? My God. So the reason why we didn't write about it is the Give tip. Give anyone got, an idea? Exactly. So it wasn't a trend yet. Whoever sent us the tip did have some vague idea of a lead. Like, oh, this rest, this sorry, this uh, supermarket and this area. We've heard that this is happening. Do you know who that person is, or was it anonymous? It was anonymous. Like I we get some tips that are that person. Yeah, there, there's some anonymous <laughs> tips. And but here's the thing: is as we were doing this, we saw some other publications write about it, and we opted not to write about it for the sheer notion of if this is not a trend, I don't want to put the idea in someone's head. So like the idea that now imagine a kid or some fucked up person that's like seeing that like, oh yeah, well, you how guys, easy is it to just slip a needle into a strawberry and put it right back on the shelf? Like you guys, you guys writing about it could kill the strawberry industry. I, I just think it gives ideas. True. But I also think giving the idea into people's heads where there is no idea to begin with. It's just a fucked up thought mm-hmm. that we should just keep on the side. Like if it's some people that chose to wrote about it, that's their prerogative for us. And so I, f- I see a little bit that in this particular incident. I think what what struck me about when I when I saw headlines for this article is how not surprised I was at mm-hmm. like that type of behavior because when I'm just casually going through YouTube and YouTube influencers, that feels like a piece of hashtag content that people would just do, do like. We're going to the grocery store. We're going to lick some ice cream and then we're going to head out. Like as much as I don't want to encourage that. And now again, we're talking about using this podcast as a platform about these ideas is I just really wasn't surprised. And, and, and I think that's sad that I wasn't surprised because it just feels like something people would do and document for social media because it will garner attention. And it did garner attention, like 15 million views worth. And so it's one of those things where, I don't know, man, like it just, Let me how tell- do you guys feel about, or Lawrence, have you heard of this? And how do you feel about it? I haven't heard of it, but I would love to know what ice cream they are licking. And then I would like to know if it, if bluebell it ice cream been, it could have been the biggest best branding play for Ooh. any ice cream <laughs> company Ooh. ever. Spicy like what, take that would that's what I would have taken from it. Like one some brand the brand that she licked that ice cream was what was it called was it blue, blue it looks like it was bluebell ice cream bluebell ice cream should have taken that and rants and people are going crazy licking our ice cream <laughs> <laughs> like, Yo, like, you have to and, be a courageous brand to take that and spin it positively you're on some shit though Lawrence I, I like that because what's hilarious is there's a photo of the same brand of ice cream locked up now <laughs> So it's like as if it's like a really expensive <laughs> bottle of liquor or some fancy dress at Nordstrom. It's like locked on with an alarm on top. Somehow they found an alarm kit that exactly fits this Blue Bell ice cream. So Lawrence, you're not off, dude. What if this was some sick ploy where they think, why would anyone pin it back on us? It's not our fault someone else licked it. And that's the one video that goes viral. Son, Bluebell. Right now, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? I've never heard of Bluebell ice cream. I just have. And now, (laughs) I'm probably going to go try some. Don't tell my wife on the way home. I'm going to stop (laughs) off at the grocery store, and I'm going to get my son, buy it, and then lick it. Is that that because, like, you're... I'm curious. I'm fucking curious now why this person was lickling Bluebell, and I think that it's a stunt by the brand and their geniuses if they did that and I'm Sherlock Holmes and I cracked your ass but are we like are, <laughs> are we all too are we all too media savvy because it's too like, cynical it, of an idea because doesn't the average person like that's not in media look at this and be like oh shit they don't have a cover on their ice cream I'm never going to buy it. regardless of they now mm. know the brand like are you staying away from the brand because that's the licked ice cream marketing is all about creating the conversation <laughs> starting the conversation 
Yo. You're, not, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. That shit was weird because my, my first thought was I, ne- I did not think that. And I'm really cynical about media. I think everything is a fucking viral campaign that was pre-planned. But the idea of that video, like, it's pretty vulgar. Like, some of the language that comes across in the video is like, if this ever came back to the brand, let alone it being weird that they're, like, licking their own ice cream and putting it back, let alone the language that flies in it, they I would never the recover. I haven't seen They the would video, never so. recover. And... But my thought is like, are we gonna look back? Hold on. If there's, if there, if if this comes out that there was like a seven thousand dollar payment to this girl to go lick some ice cream and then put it up on some like anonymous Twitter and then go crazy, yo, respect. Like, yo, but they didn't brand tag, son. Yeah. They didn't brand tag. I know, but <laughs> if you're playing a fourteen year old girl to lick your ice cream, there's no brand tagging involved. Like, that's again, that's not what happened. But if it if that's how it did happen, there would be some sort of part of me that's like, oh, respect. Like that's just a crazy guerrilla marketing campaign that saw 15 million views. Like that's nuts. Yo, that's a spicy take though, Reach. I think we should. I'm, I'm yelling at Reach, our manager. That's a spicy take. I think we should run with it. Conspiracy theory. Why not? If we're gonna talk about this shit, my thought is like, are we gonna look back in 10 years and think how fucking weird was it that all of our grocery stores just had food laying out that people could touch and I don't know who's coming into the store walking in and out and then in 10 years from now I'll probably just be at home getting all of my food delivered by robots and it's all sterile the whole way through a robot picked my cherries the cherries got brought to a packing plant it was all comfortable it got delivered in a car and a little robot jumped out and squeaked it up to my doorstep like are we going to look back in 10 years and like grocery stores like, do you remember how barbaric it was? Food I, was just out everywhere. I love going to the grocery store. I don't know if it's something crazy. Like I love going and looking at the brands on the shelves. And I, you know, sometimes I go to that, the raisin aisle and I pour some <laughs> raisins. As I go through. It's like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to spend a lot of money here. So I'm going to take some free raisins. <laughs> Yo, I think the same shit. Like ask for a sample. Fuck no, I'm about to drop 70 bucks of sprouts on some almonds, son. Yeah. I'm going to taste a few. Yeah. But, but like, I don't know. I think you're a happy person. I think you're a jovial person. And I think this is a conversation for fucked up people. I think it's an idea that, like, the reason why they have the do not touch your sample and, like, if ask for a sample is because people are dirty. Yeah. Like, the idea that, like, you don't want to spread disease by, like, putting your unwashed hand in a bucket of almonds. And yeah. they can't police everybody. So the blanket is, like, don't touch it. Don't open it. There's a law in several U.S. states, as I heard on a YouTube video that it's illegal it's it's illegal to to tamper with packaged food products like it's an illegal illegal thing like if i opened up that ice cream that is a offense i'm gonna go to jail for that what what if you're gonna play pay for it i I think tampering technically i think it's still illegal i'm not a lawyer i also don't know if that's again i saw it on a youtube video but i think it should fall under the same because what it again you're gonna pay for it that's what you and i think we're happy people generally but imagine someone that's like this fucking sucks glad i tried it put it back on the shelf you know what i mean that's what they're trying to protect against i'm sure that's what that law is in place for well and there's been pretty big tampering scandals in like the -the over-the-counter medicine and Mm. pharmaceutical world which is why i mean part of it is for kid safety right when you're lining up the arrows on your advil bottle or whatever Mm -hmm. but the reason that there's seals there in addition to the the child proofing is because like people were putting fucked up shit in over-the-counter medicine and people were getting sick or getting sent to the hospital and realistically like right now we could go to a grocery store and there are 10,000 products on a shelf that we could probably fuck with and not really notice I mean anything in produce right anything is just out there and open not as we now know, not every ice cream has that that, that top lid. And so yeah, I mean that's Bluebell doesn't have a top lid. That's that's definitely that's definitely somewhat of a scary thought, but I'm hoping that we don't use more plastic to wrap produce because of this scare. Cause I mean that's a fuck ton of plastic, man. When I when I go somewhere and they ha- like a lot of um, Asian grocery stores, instead of like having Asian pears out or instead of having like apples out, they wrap them two at a time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like looking at that. It's a styrofoam. Uh, it's a styrofoam bottom 
plastic wrap on top for apples that I'm paying like a dollar for. And that's every two apples at this store. I'm already becoming a bit more aware of like the my plastic consumption, and that kind of terrifies me for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yo, it is so <laughs> yo, lit it's in here, y'all. It's getting lit at I'm this party. I'm glad we're towards the end of it. <laughs> okay, they, they're all looking back at us. There's a trumpet in here. This is wild. Lawrence, see, Thank Brian, you, guys. you bring I the really party. Pre- I appreciate it. <laughs> this is all for you. And they obviously know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> this is your first time doing a live audience? Yeah, like this, this is this is our first big live audience, which is great. Book us for more, guys. Um, yeah, it's fucked up. Any last thoughts on that one? Because it pisses me off thinking about it. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. I just, I just hope that we can continue to have open marketplaces and not be worried about that shit. So the more I, we can continue to advocate to not be shitty people, the better. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I mean, I don't, as much as I understand when you describe the situation of, you know, I ordered something, a robot picked it and then it got delivered to my house. Like, I get that that's going to be a part of our lives sometime soon. The romantic inside of me is definitely thinking like, I hope it's not a part of my life soon. Well, and, and again, I, I don't want to say that like, that's what I look forward to. Cause I do think there's a level of depressing to it. There's also tons of cultures around the world that were built around marketplaces. Like the idea of like public marketplaces, spice markets, all that shit, the spice, like that stuff is magical and has created culture and birthed culture. People meet over it. The way that you feel giddy about a supermarket, Lawrence, like I get it, you know? So, and to go full circle, that's the re like people are trying to leave their homes for cool stuff. Now, mm-hmm. like there's a reason why we can build a noodle festival and have it be popular in year one be- with the right thematic and the right promotion, how a wing festival can get covered I mean, I saw in like a dozen publications, LA Times, Time Out, mm-hmm. Food Beast, like people are in Los Angeles are excited about it. And I think it's because like, fuck yeah, get me off my computer and fucking off my phone and into a place where I'm actually vibing with real people. And you know what I mean? And I think that's something where the more we have of that, the better, because the default of what we do is stare at a screen. And I think the more we can just encourage not that by being in a grocery store, by going to a wing festival that's dope, by going to Food Beast Noodle Festival, like I think that's healthy, you know. Where let's 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 wrap. Let's talk. uh, Let's talk Wing Fest. Where can they buy a ticket if they're listening to this and there's still any tickets left? They could go to offthemenuco.com, which is our website. They could go to Eventbrite. Mm -hmm. They could go to our app. No, they can't buy tickets off our app. We don't do that yet. Um, <laughs> but there is a promo for people who have the app and are members, right? Absolutely, yeah. Members get um, 25% off their ticket, but that might have expired. Damn. Okay. And but I, try this shit, guys. But, try it anyway. Yeah, try the app. Get on the app. If you get if you do get on the app, you'll get um, – and you go to Wingfest – you get a Mr. Chow wing without having to be in part of the VIP section. Oh, That's wow. cool. That's Dude, right. And before we wrap, seven restaurants a week doing something off the menu. The logistics of that sounds fucking mind-boggling. And we do, we're, we're producing an event right now that's estimated like 7,000 people, and that's crazy. But like the, the fact that every day of the week you have something new off the menu dropping, like... That just sounds wild to me. Are the logistics as crazy as I think they are? Yeah, and it's in and I obviously we strive to make sure that they're secret menu items and they're better the better they are, the more traction they get. Um, but we're also it's really a discovery and we say to the restaurant what how's the best way you want, you know, our users to discover you and the be- there's so much things that go into it. A restaurant that cheaps out and says, "Hey, we just want to do a side fries," we reject it. But if they want to do like some sort of smoked poutine chili fr- fries that's yeah. like special, we know that you're gonna get the cheese pull. Mm-hmm. The our, our right. users are gonna come in and take a picture, and it's and it, it ends up being more beneficial. But to answer your question, yeah, it's 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 not it's not the easiest thing, but. I have a good team of like, you know, foodies. Like my company's built on foodies the same way you guys are. You have to love what we do because yeah. we're not making really much money. <laughs> Speak, brother. <laughs> so, so it's, you know, I, I have uh, people who just love, 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 love what they do. And so, but yes, it is, it is, 
it is tough. It is tough. I respect it, man. And yeah. again, I know we haven't met in person, but I'm, I'm stoked that you came down from LA and joined us on the pod, man. It's great to meet you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Anytime you guys want to have me down, I'm like, I, I love driving down to see you guys. <laughs> That's what's up, guys. Catch us at Wingfest. A few of us are going to be there. Come say hello. Um, and we didn't talk about it a lot, but go check out nude-fest. Can we talk? No, 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 no it's no. not. Already wrong. Already we- wrong, man. Okay, nude-beach.com. Okay, guys, our festival is noodles. It's on the beach. We have a little bit of music. Yo, can, you, can you guys just tell me, just give me, like, just get, tease me a little bit with okay. the noodles. Like, tell me, like, what kind of noodles do I expect? Are there Italian noodles? I'm going to do you one better. Yeah. Okay, guys. Oh, Jesus. Snoop Dogg's performing. Oh. E-40's performing. Wow. wow. Dash Berlin also performing. It's going to be a good time. That's just the music. That's just the start. There's other music. That's just the start. Noodles. We're going to have all kinds. We're going to have ramen. We're going to have some pho. We're going to have... So I think there's some Italian going. There's some Filipino going. We're about to drop a video for uh, oh, yeah. the... Well, there's two things we're, we're about to drop. One, which I'm going to talk first because it's just really funny, is like Eli had this dream to like, how can we make getting seafood like being at a club? <laughs> and he worked with this... Oh, great- I love this. I know where you're going because I read it. I, I'm so excited to buy yeah, a table. Continue. <laughs> So we're, we're doing lobster service where it comes with Dom P. Yep. It comes with champagne. It comes with the sparklers with, the bottle, you know, service with girls. the bottle service girls coming out. And we're sourcing these like 10 to 15 pound lobsters from the East Coast sitting on a bed of noodles. And I just saw the rough cut of this video that we're dropping. And it's just so like I'm proud, you- but I'm also like. This is fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You also get, as part of the package, side stage. So you can watch DJ Snoopadelic while you and your friends munch on a 15-pound lobster. Literally, when, when I saw this lobster getting played, the claw is as big as the biggest lobster I've seen before this thing. Just the claw. You know what you guys should do for like a like a viral, not a viral campaign because we can't make things go viral. No, you can't. <laughs> I'd like to see this. You know how they did the ice bucket challenge? Yes. Do the the noodle kiss challenge where two couples have noodles in their mouth and they to they kiss. You're a fucking brilliant that, man. He is son of a. Bitch. That is guys, actually very I think, genius. I think this that could be a really cool, fun thing to do that other people can do and share, and you guys could post them. Everybody wants to re- be reposted by Food Beast. My employees are like, "How can I get reposted by Food Beast?" I was like, "I'll put in a good word tonight." <laughs> Yo, that's a sick campaign. That's a sick, that's a sick challenge. So. But yeah, guys, we'll keep talking about nude nude beach over the next couple weeks. Uh, that's de- September first. Yeah, September first of Labor Day weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome because most hopefully most of you have that Monday off too, so mm-hmm. you can. But from twelve to ten p.m., it's gonna be all noodles. We're finalizing vendors. Nude beachcom for more info, and uh, you'll get lots of updates from us. But Lawrence, thanks again for stopping by, man, and uh, we'll see we'll see you at Wingfest. Awesome, Later, thanks baby. guys, and I'm excited to see you guys at Wingfest and and Nude Beach. Both, baby. Yep. Wingfest, only two festivals you need, baby. Wait, Wingfest. Do I have to be nude? No. Oh, it's encouraged though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>